Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Cat Builder Talks Radio Show with your host, small business expert, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Join us every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildernetwork. Enjoy the show. Welcome to another episode of Cat Builder Talk with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people talking about real issues facing small business in our community today, helping you build the capacity to change your life, helping you to walk in your purpose. I got to tell you, you know, the Cat Builder Talk Show is now in syndication. We join the LMB Network. We're on every Monday and Wednesday at 1 p.m. On 13 stations throughout the United States. I have more shows coming on the Cat Radio Network. So if you're interested in doing your own radio show, you need to contact me. I can help you do it. I can get you a large audience. Tonight's show, we have a great show for you. On the Cat Builder Minute, I'm going to discuss things that you need to stop doing if you want to be successful. A lot of times, everybody's telling you the things you need to do. There's some things that you are doing that you need to stop doing. Okay. Now, the topic for the show tonight is experiential marketing. You know, some people call it event marketing, on-the-ground marketing. It's a marketing strategy that directly engages consumers and invites and encourages them to participate in the evolution of a brand or a brand experience. Tamara Francois, the CEO of the XP Agency, is here today to discuss her company and how experiential marketing can boost your marketing strategy. All this today on the Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. I'm going to take a short break. And when I come back, I'm going to do the Cat Builder Minute about things you need to stop doing. I need you to pay attention and get a pencil and paper. Write these things down, or let's do it on playback, but pay attention. Cat Billy Talk Radio Show. I'll be back in a moment. party today? Me again, Mom. Where did I put my history book? Hi. Sorry, forgot one last thing. Sometimes it's hard to concentrate. At school, I start looking out the window, and then I forget what I was supposed to be thinking about. I know it seems like I don't care, but I do. It's just difficult for me. Love you, Mom. Bye. Join parents and experts at understood.org, a free online resource about learning and attention issues to help your child thrive. Brought to you by understood.org and the Ad Council. 
Yes, the buzz has begun. The 7th Annual Nonprofit Trinity Awards will be taking place at the Ray Charles Performing Arts Center, 900 West End Avenue, Southwest Atlanta, Georgia, 30310, on Sunday, August the 26th. Women, get off those beautiful gowns, and men, look sharp with your tuxes. Best swag. Walk down the red carpet at 5 p.m., and the show begins at 6 p.m. Oh, yes, there will be hors d'oeuvres, entertainment, and so much more. Go to www.nonprofittrinityawards.org for more information. I wasn't prepared to be a caregiver to mom. I had no idea how hard it would be and what I would need to know. Things I never thought of, like how to improve her mood and ways for me to stay positive. Luckily, I found the Caregiving Resource Center from AARP. It had articles about the basics, but also information about the hurdles I was facing. Caregiving Resource Center at aarp.org slash caregiving. Articles, tips, and tools to help you both care for your loved one and care for yourself. Brought to you by AARP and the Ad Council. Hey, this is Mark Parham coming back to you. As you can see, it's a James Brown kind of day. All right. I'm back. I'm going to do my Cat Builder Minute this evening. And I'm going to talk about some of the things that you need to stop doing if you want to be successful. Now, before we get into successful, you got to define success. It can be mean different things to different people. But there are a few don'ts and do's that you got to pay attention to as you walk the path. We all want to be successful. We chase money, fame, big houses, and a lot of other things. But do we ever take a moment to really ask ourselves what success really is? For those who don't know, it's subjective. What might be successful for some may be different for others. But people do a lot of different things to be successful. And sometimes they start doing things that made someone else successful. What they often forget is we don't need to add certain things, but we need to stop doing the things for us that are holding us back from our success. So we're going to talk about a few of those things. One of the first things is chasing someone else's version of success. You know, so many people out here are following other people and we're chasing their version of success. You need to know what your success is before you start. You have to identify, you know, we hold workshops on figuring out what is success for you. Success for you may not be what success is for someone else. So don't chase someone else's version of success. It's essential that you define what success means to you and then you start chasing your own success. Another thing that we do, we wait. Sometimes wait is the most terrible word, four-letter word in the English language. Wait for the right time to get started. We keep waiting. We wait for the right time to start a business. Uh, we wait for the right time to learn a new language or to write a book or to travel or even to live. Don't wait for the perfect moment. You're never going to be 100% ready. If you're waiting for the right time, you're going to end up waiting forever. So whatever you got going on, whatever knowledge or experience you possess, everything that you need that is meant to be will fall into place when you start on your journey. 
So don't wait for it. Go out and get started today. Something else we do while we're on this journey, a lot of times a lot of us are trying to please everyone. But you, you can't please everyone out there. No matter how hard you try or how well you perform, there's always going to be someone who will point fingers at you for not being what they want you to be. You know, sometimes we fall to the expectations of other people and we get in this vicious circle of trying to please people and we end up losing what success means to us. So you need to figure out who you're trying to please and it should be you. Something else that a lot of people do is multitasking. If you ask any successful person one of the things that they want you to really stay away from is multitasking because most of them would say you need to focus on one thing at a time I know a lot of people that try to do a lot of different things they try to do multiple things but it's kind of hard because you're an entrepreneur things are coming at you you know, you, you want to attempt the urge to do everything at once, but studies have found that every time you multitask, you aren't just harming your performance at the moment. You may very well be damaging an area of your brain that's critical to the future success. Okay? So, focus. I know you're an entrepreneur. I know a lot of things are coming at you. You want to try this. You want to try that. Some of us think that if we're busy, we're really doing something. But I don't want you to worry about that. One more thing, being scared to seek help. Sometimes we think that if we ask for help, that means we're weak. Successful people are aware that collaboration is the key to success. They're not afraid to seek help because they understand it's not a sign of weakness. Okay? It takes a lot of courage to come forward and ask for help. The fear of being judged or seen weak doesn't bother you. Okay. But losing out on an opportunity just because you're afraid to ask for help, that's not a good thing. You know, there's a Chinese saying that goes, he who asks is a fool for five minutes, but he who does not ask remains a fool forever. And the last thing, and a lot of people have at you with this, is chasing money, not happiness. If money is your only motivation, then you won't succeed because there's no end to this want. You'll keep going after it, after it, and after it. But if you're doing what makes you happy, you're already successful. You have to figure out what makes you successful. Success is a heavy word. They can mean different things to different people. But the right attitude, along with knowing what to do and what not to do, is what will make you successful. So I want you to take heed of this. I want you to pay attention because... I want you to be successful, and I can help you do it. You listen to Mark Parham on the Cat Builder Talk radio show. I'm going to take another break. Then we're going to start having this conversation on experiential marketing and how you can use it to enhance your marketing strategy. I'll be back in a moment. Yeah. When I was little, I didn't talk for a long time. I was sensitive to lights and sounds. 
so I built secret hiding places where they couldn't get in. Sometimes I did the same things over and over until one day I found out I had autism. My family got me help. Slowly, I learned how to live with it better. Early intervention can make a lifetime of difference. Learn the signs at autismspeaks.org slash signs. Brought to you by Autism Speaks and the Ad Council. Ladies and gentlemen, the 2018 Nonprofit Trinity Awards will begin taking nominations starting March 1st. Take a moment to go to www.nonprofittrinityawards.org and click on the 2018 nomination form. Nominate an outstanding volunteer and or an awesome small nonprofit organization. We look forward to seeing you at our 7th Annual Nonprofit Trinity Awards on August 26th at the Ray Charles Performing Arts Center in Atlanta, Georgia. More information to come. People are always looking to invest in a good opportunity. So what if you could invest in the future of kids, like a stock? Not the kind of stock that's about making money, but a stock for social change called Better Futures. With your investment, it helps students like me go to college. My name is Charles, and I'm your dividend. Invest in Better Futures with UNCF. Visit uncf.org slash invest. A mind is a terrible thing to waste, but a wonderful thing to invest in. Brought to you by UNCF and the Ad Council. Welcome back to the Cap Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark Parham. Real talk with real people, talking about real issues facing small business and our community today. Hey, this is Mark Parham, and I'm back. I want to set the stage for this conversation. You know, I use this term experiential marketing, so I had to look up the definition for it. An advertising strategy that focuses on helping consumers experience a brand Experiential marketing veers off course from traditional strategies that broadcast the brand and product benefits to a wide audience. Also referred to as engagement marketing, experiential marketing may be comprised of a a variety of marketing strategies. So tonight, we're going to talk about that. I want to welcome to the show Ms. Tamara Francois from XP Agency. How are you doing this evening? I'm great. How are you? I'm doing pretty good. Thank you for taking the time to come out and tell us, you of know, course, this happy whole. happy to be here. <laughs> you know, I want you to, uh, you know, I gave a definition of it. Before we get into that, I can give everybody their 30 seconds, like your, your network speech when you get to speak at a place, introduce yourself to people. I want you to go ahead and do that, tell people who you are, name of your company, and we'll start having this conversation about experiential marketing. Absolutely. Um, so I'm Tamara Francois, and I am the CEO of the XP agency. I have a business partner, Adolfo Vasquez, and we started our agency about three years ago. We've been in this industry and this business for a really long time working for other agencies, so we decided to form our own so that we could express ourselves and develop great campaigns and, and programs for our clients in the way that we knew that we could. Uh, we work with uh, mostly Fortune 500 companies, and we are rocking and rolling. <laughs> All right. First, before we go any farther, I want you to give your definition of CEO, okay? Because I know you call it something else. <laughs> ah, 
<laughs> well, because of what we do, I like to refer to myself as a chief experience officer. Okay. Um, and when you talk about experiential marketing, right, experiences exist everywhere. So they're the experiences that we create for our clients, but also um, or our clients and their consumers. But I think it's also the experience that we create for our clients and our vendors and our staff and the culture. So that's my okay. play on words for what we do in the industry. <laughs> But I heard you talking about real talk when when uh, right. the show first started. So I think a CEO does everything that needs right. to be done right. um, to steer right. the company forward and and to set and to set the path and 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 course for the company to make sure that we are reaching our vision. So my business partner and his role as president, he he operates with more of the day to day business. Um, with our current clients and our current projects and moving those forward. And I focus more on um, the future and operations, uh, new business, and really just making sure that our agency is growing according to our one-year, three-year, five-year, 20-year plan. <laughs> there you go. Let's Let's go backwards in time. You know, a lot of times I like to discuss why people started their businesses. You say you've been doing this for a number of years. When was that light bulb moment where you say, you know what, I can do this? What what made you, know, you do we, that? We actually had a, a funny story because I would say the year prior to starting our agency, uh, my business partner and I, we freelanced for other agencies. And we freelanced for one um, agency one year, and we were put in a position, unusually, where we had to do everything. So um, our previous lives, we served as client service directors or, you know, account managers and things like that, Um, and we grew to, you know, running, um, you know, operations and things like that from a client services perspective. And in this particular project that we worked on for a year, we now had to be the creative people and the production people and everything outside of finance. So we spent the year cursing. We were, you know, upset. <laughs> this isn't what we signed up for. We might as well just have our own agency. And I think when the year ended, we had said that so many times so flippantly that um, we kind of looked at ourselves and said, well, you know, should we put our money where our mouth is? We really did go through this experience of doing everything and setting up a team and a network and a structure um, of vendors. Uh, to operate, and we we did every piece of it outside of financing the business. So the light bulb moment for us was, if we can figure out how to finance the business, we can start an agency. Um, That was partially naive, right? But I think uh, you've got to be a little bit naive when you go into business. If you know every challenge that is facing in front of you, you probably won't do it. But it was enough for us to (laughs) get started and – and really set our path for where we are today. And we couldn't have made a better decision for ourselves. Well, you know, I like what you just said. If entrepreneurs knew everything that was getting ready to happen to them, nobody would do it. We wouldn't do it. No, no, no. And I like what you said there because that's why, as I said earlier, waiting for the right time to get started, there is no right time just to go ahead and do it. And kind of, Les Brown say, grow your wings on the way down. But, um, so you you started this yeah, business. Yeah, and I and I always talk about being an, an entrepreneur and being being scared because I think um you are scared all the time 
and there's fear all the time, and you just have to push through it. So I think where I've, what I've come to understand is that if, you're, if you don't have some sense of fear or discomfort, right. then you're not really working to the full capacity of what you and your business is capable of. You always have to be – now, I'm not saying be irresponsible, right? <laughs> yeah, no, no, I got <laughs> it. Go into territory that, like, you're completely unfamiliar with. But you always have to take, you know, an, an extra step, and that next step that pushes you – beyond your comfort zone. So you and your partner have kind of figured out who does what, when, and where, so you collaborate very well then. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Most of the time. (laughs) Is that that a trick question? So so to be honest, I think when when we uh, put our agency hat on, it took us a minute for us to be able to find our flow. So there are things that we we both do very well, um, but we work completely different, and we have completely different styles. So I think we really did have to learn how to um, stay in our own lanes and uh, not, uh, you you know, we can't both lead at the same time. So if somebody is leading, the other person can certainly share their opinion. Um, mm-hmm. but I think at some point you really just have to to trust the other person to do what they're doing. So in the, in the places where our skills overlap, that was something that we had to learn. But in addition to that, we have a lot of skills that are completely different, and that's a perfect uh, match for us. Yeah. And, of course, that was a lot easier for us to get acclimated to. Great. Well, it wasn't a trick question, but one of the biggest things, in order for your organization to grow – you got to start collaborating with people, all right, that have skills similar to you and skills different from you. But the hard part is that big C, we're learning how to collaborate, especially as an entrepreneur because you're used to doing everything yourself. You know, how do you just step back and put your hands up? Yeah, I think it's key. And I think before when you were saying, you know, some of the things, you know, not to do, right, and and I think asking for help and, and collaborating is, the number one thing that you should do, especially if it's in a territory that you may not know so well, because as an entrepreneur, you're going to face that. And I quickly learned, like, I'm not going to become the expert in every subject matter, but I need to hire the expert and work with the expert and collaborate with the expert and learn from the expert. And that's the way to do it. And I think you can increase your capacity that way as well. Once you're increasing your, your network and, and, um, your level of understanding of different things. All right, let's, let's talk about now. Let's talk about this term. I had not heard it before we started working together, experiential marketing. I had seen it. I didn't know I was doing it. But let's talk about the, the difference between experiential marketing and regular marketing. And, you know, this is kind of a niche sure. for you. Okay, let's talk yeah, about so. Yeah, I like to describe experiential marketing as like the marketing that you can see, touch, feel, and hear. And I think the best example that people can most understand is is if you think of your experience in buying a car. So you can see the car commercial on TV, and that would be like an advertising campaign, and the car is driving through the terrain and the mountains and the waterfalls and all of that. Um, You can hear a a campaign, um, so that might be like a radio promotion where you will hear an ad on TV, uh, I'm sorry, on the radio about a particular car. And then you can think of like print advertisement where you may see an image in a magazine, 
But everything changes once you walk into that car dealership and you get to sit in the car. Now you can, you know, smell the car. You can feel the car. You can see if you feel comfortable in the seats. When you take it for a test drive, you get to see how it rides. So now you're really getting to experience the product. And what we do in our industry is we'll work with big brands, um, usually CPG clients like food and beverage or technology or automotive, and we'll create experiences for people to actually experience the product um, so that they can touch it, they can taste it, they can, you know, see how fast the technology is. They can compare it to their own phone. If it's a camera, they can test the pictures and see how fast it works and see how many pixels it is. And we want to do this in a controlled environment where we have brand ambassadors, so that would be our event staff who are experts on the particular product, and they can walk customers through and explain to them um, this is the product and this is how it works. They can explain the intrinsic values of the product and also answer any questions that someone may have. So that's why the Apple stores do so well then, because people walk in and yeah, I mean you go right, you know, because you can touch it, feel it, and they got the people in there that are helping you do it and. Um, Exactly, and they have every size and model available. They're there to answer all of your questions, and we we like to do this for our brand. And then what we'll also do is also create um, an experience to build a connection and a relationship between a customer or a potential customer, we call them consumers, and a brand. So if we were um, doing something for, let's say, an energy drink, and their intrinsic values of, of, of the product had to do with this high energy, we would probably create an event around it that is high energy. So as you're coming into an environment, you're feeling mm. exactly what the brand is about, you know, the soul of the brand. Where if we were doing a tea, for example, that is more relaxed and more zen, in that example, we would create a zen environment. But we really want you to experience what the brand is about. So it's not just about the product but by the time you leave, you understand what the brand stands for, and you can start developing a connection between you and that brand. So you've been mentioning, you know, these large companies. Is this something that smaller businesses can do? I mean, how do they implement strategies like this? I think smaller businesses can certainly do experiential marketing. I think it, most, it works best if you have a product more than if mm-hmm. you have a service. Um, because it really is about giving people a sample of what it is that you offer. I think with a service, it might be a little bit harder. If you're a publicist, for example, I'm not really in the school of thought of, like, giving people a free service for a month, Um, but it may be a consultation where people can start to experience what it's like to work with you, what your temperament is like, what your strategy Mm -hmm. is like, and what your thinking is like. But if you sell a product... Um, I absolutely think that experiential marketing is a great way for people to uh, take the step to try the product because a lot of times they may not try it. Um, People are creatures of comfort. So if you have a, a, a cupcake line, let's say, or if you have your own beverage, people may be used to selecting what their tried and true products are. And it really just takes giving someone a taste or a sample of it to understand, hey, I really like this, and I'll purchase it again. You know, I take it when I'm in the food court, 
a lot of the you know Chinese food yes. places, you know, <laughs> bourbon chicken or chicken. You know, exactly. You, you, you but how many times do they get you? Because you know right. you weren't even in the mood for Chinese. Right, right. <laughs> yeah. So, and and I offer a service, and I offer a uh, free, you know, fifteen to thirty minute consultation, you know, to give a sample. But I use it for two reasons. One, to give the potential consumer a sample of how I work, but I also do it to see if I can work with that customer. Okay. Right. Uh, so it's kind of a two-way street. So I offer a 15-minute, you know, free consultation. I give a lot of my content away free on my site so they can sample my coaching programs and things like that. So I think there is a way if you're offering a service to, you know, um, you know, do things from an experiential standpoint. But um, but you definitely, definitely with a product, I, I think it's so important that, you start building experiential models. So how do you determine, you do this experiential campaign, how do you determine the success of it? And what are the measurements that you use to determine how successful it is? Sure, there are lots of different ways that we can measure, and um, part of it depends on what a client is interested in. We spoke with a client today who has a new product in, in a new category. It's um, a, a beverage category that is up and coming. So one of the things that they really wanted to do was not only educate people on the brand, but just educate people on the category. And if you consider Mm -hmm. something like energy drinks, before energy drinks came out, when the first and second one came out, people were not aware of what it was, what it did. So awareness and education is one way to measure whether a campaign is successful. Um, We also measure, like, social media impressions and whether people are talking about the brand after our event. We Mm. can work with the brand sometimes to measure sales. So we've done trial, um, uh, trial programs where we were launching a new product in a specific controlled market, and we were able to measure the sales of the product before the experiential sampling um, entered into the market and afterwards. It's not as easy to measure, to be honest, as like mm-hmm. a media campaign um, or advertising. So I think that is one of the challenges that our industry faces, um, especially when people are spending large dollars. You can spend $300,000, let's say, on an advertising campaign, and there are lots of companies out there that measure that reach. So at the end, you can say, we reach 200 billion people through our campaign. And with experiential marketing, it's either self-measurement that we're doing or we would measure with a third-party company that may come in and help us. But I would probably say that that is the biggest challenge that our industry faces. Yeah, you know, it's so funny. I see everybody has these energy drinks now, you know. Try this, try that. The only energy drink I grew up with was Kool-Aid. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a, okay. You know, that was the only energy drink I knew. Okay, it was Kool Aid. Exactly. You know, Kool Aid and the flavor. Yeah, you go. Yeah, you can mix the flavor. But now they have so many different energy drinks. So I guess the, my next question is that by creating the experience, that's also differentiating your product from another product. Exactly. That whole exactly. Yeah. You know, so. Especially because there are so many options. Right. There just seem to be right now today with food and beverage and cars and, 
uh, and the internet seems to have changed the face of a lot of things because of marketing and branding using social media strategies. Now, do you incorporate social media into your brand, your experiential branding, or is that before and after Absolutely. Fact? No, we absolutely do. What we like to talk about is that we start a conversation with a consumer, you know, as part of a live experience in person, but we always like to continue a conversation with them afterwards, and that usually happens through social media. So whether they are using a hashtag, taking a photo and using a hashtag from an event, and we can communicate with them after the fact, um, and whether it is just, you know, listening, you know, social media listening, um, social media and, and, and digital are very, very important to experiential. So let me ask you this question. Now, you were saying earlier that you you work with a lot of large co- companies or corporations. How do you step up and just go, hey, I can do this? I mean, that has to be some fear right there that you can get a big contract and you got to work <laughs> it out. <laughs> How does that happen? Um, you step up and you say, hey, I can do this. <laughs> um, I mean, I think certainly when you're working with big brands, you have to work at a certain level, at a certain caliber, in the level of strategic thinking that you bring to the brand, um, how you display that, and also how you execute it. And as I said, my business partner and I have worked for other agencies our entire career. So this is really an industry that we know very well. And we have a lot of strong contacts in the in the industries and across different brands, just based on our experience and working for other companies. So that part of it uh, was not as daunting to us, just because it's it's what okay. we did. And we really okay. got to a point where the question was, do we want to continue to grow other people's businesses, or go. do we feel confident that we can? grow our own. So I'm not going to sit here and be all cavalier and say that it was, um, you know, the easiest decision to make. And like I said, that, that there wasn't some fear within it, but you, you, you learn and you grow and you just, you just keep doing it. But really the, the, but I think what we always come back to is when we have those moments is really the, the option is that we're either working for ourselves and, you know, worst case scenario, this doesn't work out. We're, we're working for someone else. So I'm going to work work um, as hard as I can to make sure that we can continue to do it as the XP agency. You know, I, I think it's important that you just said something that a lot of times I'm working with people that have been working in corporate America for a long time, and you made it very important. Do I keep helping them make money? Or do I take the skills that I develop and start helping myself achieve my success? And I, and I think that's one of those those questions that when you when you start asking yourself that question, it's about time for you to make that move. Absolutely, you know, absolutely. You know, yeah. I don't think entrepreneurship is for everyone, but if you're in a you're growing companies and growing the company you work for and sales or something like that. You really need to start asking yourself, is it time for you to start doing it for yourself? Right. So, uh, and, I mean, I think, you I, got- I think you're right. Like, I think entrepreneurs um, have, you know, our brains are wired differently. I think in the same way that creative people, like, their brains are wired differently. And it really is an undertaking, I think, that takes the support of, you know, not not only yourself, but, but your family. There's a lot right. of 
risk involved and there are a lot of sacrifices that you make, but I also feel like there's a lot of joy and benefit and flexibility that you have as well. And as I mentioned, I mean, one of the things that um, I think both my business partner and I share is that we are, we just have a really, really strong work ethic. So we just mm-hmm. found that we were making those sacrifices um, when okay. we were working for other people. Gotcha. You know? <laughs> All right, right. Right. Yeah, so so if somebody was thinking about, you know, experimenting or trying a different way of marketing, what are the things you would suggest to them on how to kind of, you know, think differently about marketing their product or their brand or their service? What do they need to do? Um, you know, I always say when we're coming up with ideas and concepts that the first idea is not the idea and it's not the best idea. I think, especially when we're in a situation where we're competing against other agencies and we're asked to come up with an idea that, that does X, Y, Z, there's always, like, what is the low-hanging fruit obvious one. So for anybody who has a business, I would say when you're thinking of how to market your company, the first five ideas that come to you in the first ten minutes are not the ones that you want to go through because they're not <laughs> going to break through the clutter and they're not going to make a difference. I think having people really be able to experience your product, as we talked about, is a really great thing. And really just by helping people understand and find value of what it is you offer in relevant places and at relevant times. A great example I can give is a, a campaign that was out years ago, and Altoids um, put a package of their mints on um, what are those, like, coffee holders that when you get a cup of coffee to keep it mm-hmm. so you don't burn your hand, like those little cardboard right. covers that go around the coffee cup. Uh-huh. And uh-huh. And this was, I don't i don't know, you know, how big or large it was, but it really was just a sample pack of Altoids stapled to this cardboard container. And it was in my local coffee shop. And I just said, isn't this the greatest idea here? Because they are giving people an opportunity to sample their brand when they need it, right after they've had a cup of coffee <laughs> and they want to get rid of their coffee bread. So, again, they could have put, and I'm sure they did, you know, but they could have only put advertisements in a in a magazine um, or they could have put signs up in the supermarket. But I, I thought it was just brilliant because they're really giving people an opportunity to experience their product at a relevant time and at a relevant place for when they need it. And I would say whatever it is that your business offers – when you're marketing, make sure that you're marketing at relevant times and at relevant places. That's so important. You know, I have people that want to try to figure out the best time to market. But I like your idea that the first five of those are the ones. <laughs> because, no. Uh, you know, yeah, <laughs> those are the ones. Well, uh, you know, this whole thing has just got me so interested, you know, when we started talking about it, like when I was doing research for this, you know, I think of ways to even offer my business services better. But I think my radio show is an example of experiential marketing, you know, where people can kind of hear Absolutely. what I talk about and things like that. So there's all kind of ways to do it. You know, we just have to figure Absolutely. out ways that it just seems we have to figure out there's so much noise out here now. we got to figure out how to cut through it and uh, have our have our 
you know, our products and services cut through that and step up. So you got big plans for and the I think rest of 2018? And I think the radio show is great, too. Um, I was going to say, I think the radio show is a great example because it's an example of providing people with value, right, mm-hmm. and providing them with the valuable information that they need and, and, and being the expert in this industry so that when I do need small business coaching, I know exactly who I'm coming to. <laughs> You know, and I tell you what has worked out for me because you know, like I was saying earlier, show got picked up by the network, and it's on all throughout the United States now, in Florida and California, and just everywhere. And it's so funny, like today, it's plays on Mondays and Wednesdays, and I, I, th- I think they were fooling me, but I listened today at one, it didn't come on. I was like, they're not playing my show. They just ran a little late. All of a sudden, I heard my show start. <laughs> you know, and I'm like, wow. You know, and it's really boosted my Facebook, my followers. You know, I'm getting people now that are not even connected to people that I know that are starting to follow That's me. Awesome. And, uh, yeah, it really is. So I'm very excited. My last couple questions for you. What do you got? Any big things planned for the rest of 2018? Seems like it's already, it's almost halfway through. We're in May. It's going to be June. It's, it's almost, almost halfway through. It's going to yeah. <laughs> You, got any big things you know, I, I would say our our biggest plan for for 2018 is planning for 2019. So right. in our industry, with the brands that they, all of the brands that we work with, they really do their their marketing and their planning a year in advance. So what I would like to see us do is be able to secure projects and business for 2019 this year. <laughs> all right. Well, I want to thank you for coming out and explaining what this is. You know, I hope everybody. But you know what? Tell people how to catch up to you if they're interested in engaging your company to help them grow their business. Absolutely. Absolutely. Our website is um, thexpagency.com. You can also catch us on Instagram at thexpagency. And you can follow me at um, I am Tamara Francois on Instagram. All right. All right, Ms. Francois, I thank you for taking a few minutes out. And uh, Thank you. And I, I would like to share, you. if it's okay, that, that uh, uh, Mark is, is one of our business coaches and absolutely amazing. So if you're <laughs> listening, right. we're absolutely in the right place. <laughs> All right. All right. Thanks, thanks for that plug. I appreciate it. <laughs> thanks for that plug. All right. Well, uh, maybe I'll see you later on this week. And uh, well, that's right. You're not going to be here, but uh, but we're going to talk. I'm looking forward that's to right. coaching you and growing your organization. Awesome. Thank you. All right. You have a great, great rest of the evening. Talk to you later. You too. Bye-bye. All right. So you heard it. There's more than one way to do this marketing thing. You got to figure out what's going to work for you because you got to determine how to get your message to your consumer and make it so that it benefits them. So they have a great experience from the minute they walk in the door, from the minute they pick up the phone, from the minute they see one of your emails. It has to give them something that they feel good about. So this is Mark Parham, Cat Builder Talk Radio Show. Didn't do a long one tonight, but hopefully it added value to you. So I want you to 
as I always say, walk in your purpose. Figure out what your success is. And then work with it. You know, because can't, as you heard earlier, you can't go by what other people say success is for them. Okay? So I want you to just pay attention. Walk your purpose. Walk in your path. And then make things happen the way that you need them to. As I say always, I look forward to our next encounter. Enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you for joining us this evening on the Builder Talk radio show with your host, Mark E. Parham. It is our mission to provide you with the information you need to make educated decisions, decisions that will help you walk in your purpose. We are here every Monday evening starting at 7 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. To be a guest or for more information, go to capbuildertalk.com. Please post comments on facebook.com forward slash capbuildertalk. We hope you enjoy the show.